there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Football back again tonight here in Scotland. The Dons against the Jairs. Aberdeen Rangers tonight at eight. These are the start of the games, of course, which when the Queen died a couple of months ago, the games were all postponed. So tomorrow night, Celtic against Livingston. And then Friday, well, we've got Ross County Rangers and Motherwell against Kilmarnock. But these were two of the games affected. Aberdeen against Rangers and then Celtic Livy tomorrow. Mark Guidi is with us again tonight. John Hartson back from Qatar. Welcome back, John. Thanks, Paul. Good to hear you here on Good the programme. Yeah. And Mark, I'm just thinking last night Barry Ferguson with us was with us. Tonight is John Hartson. Where else do you get a programme in Scotland where we've got two brilliant players who came up against Messi. In your case, John, Messi was on the bench in the new camp where I don't think he came on, yeah. but he was in the team sheet on the bench. And you scored. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, thanks for that reminder, Paul, yeah. at the start of the show. But uh, that's brilliant. No, well, Messi. Yeah. I I actually uh, I put a tweet out a couple of weeks ago mm. or uh, a week ago, saying that it was always Maradona for me. But having seen Messi in the World Cup, you know, uh, it, it was always a case of well, can Messi lift the World Cup because that's what Maradona so uh, re. Uh, raved and uh, yeah. you know such high, seen in such high regard by the Argentine all over the world because he was the World Cup captain yeah. in 86 and he, he did so well to win that for, for Argentina so now that Messi's eclipsed that I actually think now it's Messi who is the GOAT mm-hmm. um, it's close but I'm going to go with Messi now because of what he's got just gone and achieved Mark what would you say yeah, I mean, I, th- I think with something like that, it's, it's difficult to to argue with it. Um, it's opinion that's not factual, but anybody that says Messi over Maradona, fine, absolutely. I, I'd probably agree with it. Messi over Pele, who knows? Messi over Ronaldo, I don't think there's an argument anymore in that one. Yeah, I think Messi's been, you know, certainly uh, in this century, uh, Messi's been uh, the best. He's, he's, he's eclipsed uh, Ronaldo. When you take everything into account, his conduct, his leadership, his professionalism, Everything. I just, I think, unfortunately, Ronaldo has left a wee sour taste with his conduct over the past uh, couple of months, and for Messi to go on and do uh, what he did in the past uh, week or two, it's been absolutely brilliant. What a, what a fantastic person, yeah. and one of the all-time uh, greats, if not the greatest of all time. I think we could go on and and, yeah. and talk about great, great players. You know, I mean, world-class yeah. players. You're looking at Beckenbauer and you're looking at Bobby Charlton and you're looking at Cruyff, you're looking at Platini. Now, you know, how good is Messi and to be to be not only a little bit better than these mm. guys, but, you know, looked at as the best ever. There's just been so many great footballers. We could go on yeah. all night about them. Of course we? you can. You can never prove it. Subjective no. thing, isn't it? And better than Pelly? 
I don't think so. But we don't know. We'll never know. Different eras. John, how much did you enjoy Sunday? I know you did. And we're going to take calls about Sunday, but we're right back into it here. Nine points at the top of the table. Rangers looking to narrow the gap again tonight up against Aberdeen. And an Aberdeen team who they were a few minutes away from getting a point against Celtic, but... Callum McGregor back with a bang your old team. We'll talk about that in just a moment or two. Ange Postacoglu, there's some terrific audio. It's very interesting what he's got to say. He's talking, he's a bit surprised, he says. Well, two things. He said, um, offers for Celtic players at the moment, zero, zip, nada. <laughs> Quite like that one, Mark. So not yet is what that means. No, he's saying, look, mate, there aren't any offers in at the moment. And he also says he doesn't get why Celtic are lumped into the same boat as Rangers when opposition managers sometimes, or the media, or people talk about the big two or whatever, it's always the two. And he's saying we're different teams. It's quite interesting. We'll hear about it in a moment or two. Sean is on the line though in Glasgow. Hi, Sean. All right, guys, how you doing? I hope we all have a good Christmas and oh. a good Happy New Year. Thank, Thank you. you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Yes, Sean. Cheers. And uh, how much did you enjoy Sunday? Aye, it was quite good, aye. So, well, good win, so aye. Looking forward to it, and I loved that World Cup final. What a final that was, man. That's what I meant, yeah, that Sunday, was, I, yeah. Aye, that's what I was thinking. Aye. Uh, but see, see that World Cup, I actually think it was the best. I wasn't a fan, it was in Qatar for no. certain reasons. Sure. But, I think it was good and John you must have some some time coming to back to Qatar to call Glasgow Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good show. Well yeah, yeah the climate was a bit different out there Sean to be honest but no I thoroughly enjoyed it it was uh, I thought the Qatari people were ever so friendly there was no issues around the stadiums the, the supporters the stadiums were 98% full most of the games um, the access in and out to the to the grounds, you know, the metros and everything else, and um, and the, the, it was just a, a great experience. It was my first World Cup. I was there for seventeen days. I covered ten games, probably had about six good ones, but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in the end, it, it was it was great, you know. Uh, and and I think you're right. I think as World Cups go, you know, you look at those many upsets. You know, Brazil went out, didn't expect that. Um, and then Argentina, Germany. the Messi factor as well. The Croatia did brilliant. They're another sure. great competition um, side, aren't they? Croatia, they always get to them latter stages. But I just think on on the weekend, uh, you know, uh, Mbappe scoring a, f- a, a f- hat trick in a World Cup final and, and finishing on the losing team. Mm. You know that that will never happen again. You know, unbelievable. But uh, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it, Sean. I'm glad you enjoyed it on the telly as well. John, what was it like, see, for like fans coming through all over the world? Could could at night time, I know it's different rules and I respect the rules, but could people go out and have like a couple of wee shandies and that? <laughs> or was it wet? Good question. Was yeah. yeah, well, you couldn't drink yeah. at the grounds. Um, that was a total alcohol ban at the stadiums. There was no alcohol sold. Um, I thought that, was, that went really well because mm-hmm. there was no incidents, there was no trouble, if you like. Um, it was so good even the reporters were sober <laughs> yeah but uh, you, you, you could have a drink in the hotels I think the, the hotels there's some fantastic hotels there. a lot of the fans as well Sean stayed in Dubai and they yeah. made their way up I think it's, I believe it's only about an hour from from Dubai to, to Doha Qatar um, so <clears throat> they, they almost made it a, a holiday as well for their families where they, they'd go on holiday and then they'd take some of the games in as well so no, but there was plenty of people having a drink out there. It's just that you've 
you know, in terms of you drink at the hotels yeah. that, that you've in moderation. Into. Yeah. yeah, John, how were the fans with you from all over the world? Because lots of people would say there's big John Harson. Um, well, they were yeah. okay. <laughs> they were all right. Yeah. Some of them, yeah. But um, I did the England. Um, I did the England yeah. Wales game, mm. but obviously. I, I, I got myself up for it and uh, obviously we got absolutely thumped. I think England were far superior yeah. in, in every single area of the pitch. I think from a Wales point of view, Paul, it, they, they almost, um, they were well below par. Their, their, their big players, if you like, weren't fit. Bale, Ramsey and Joe Allen, they just weren't fit yeah. um, to go and play three games. In too three much, days. wasn't it? It was just yeah. too much. And when we played England, it was a case of, you know, it was one team there, England, you know, potentially looking to win the World Cup. Mm -hmm. And there was another team there, Wales, that were just delighted to be there. Yeah. You know, you know, you know. Do you think you were too delighted, the team, not you personally? Do you think maybe they should have given a bit more? Should he maybe have rested Bale? Well, the performances were, were poor. Yeah. They were toughless. Ramsey. They were toughless yeah. in, in the games. But the whole euphoria, the sure. proudness of the country... Yeah getting to their first World Cup in, in 64 years, which it was huge for yeah. the small country. Like we Wales. get it, yeah. But obviously, having got there, the the performance levels yeah. in the games just, just weren't up to standard. And I think Robert Page have said that, that, you know, he needs to have a, you know, there'll be an inquest when, when they get back. And and that they start the, uh, the Euros yeah. now, don't they, in March. So that'll be sure. interesting whether mm. the Bale, Ramsey whether these guys will continue playing for Wales. We're thinking about the McGinns and the Robertsons and uh, who's going to be there for Scotland, we yeah. hope, of course, in the Americas in three and a half years' time. Sean, what about uh, a far-off land? Well, Aberdeen tonight for you. What are you thinking? Aberdeen against Rangers. Uh, you could have Conor Goldson back. Yeah, I heard that on Sky, so that would be good news if he's back. I don't think he'll play 90 minutes if he plays. I would be, I would probably expect he'll be on the bench, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm quite confident. I think Rangers might win 3-0 tonight because mm -hmm. I don't think Aberdeen really played that well against Celtic. So I think they had one shot, if even they did have one shot. So yeah. I, I think Rangers will win 3-0. I think yeah. it'll be a comfortable game. I think it'll be Goldson and Ben Davies tonight. I think, Mark, that's how right. Rangers will line up and that's what it looks like at the back. And they missed that, didn't they, in the game against Hibs? Just that... Yeah, proper defenders. Yeah. yeah and I think certainly Michael Beale hinted uh, that would be the case um, yesterday and, and he'll be keen. He'll probably, at the moment, he'll see that as his first choice defensive partnership. Um, and they want to get that, that going and try and get minutes under their belt get the relationship going again uh, he'll not want to look too far ahead but obviously you know the Celtic game in January certainly will be on his mind but the Celtic game becomes irrelevant if you don't win tonight you mm. don't win on Friday you don't win next uh, midweek so he'll want to get that partnership un up and running um, because whether it's Kyogo or whether it's Jack Amakis or whoever through the middle for Celtic at Ibrox on, on January 2nd you know they'll, they'll, they've got the potential to, to give the, the Rangers defensive partnership a torrid time. John, let's throw it to you right away. We don't have the teams yet, but it looks no. as though it will be Goldson and Ben Davies. Again, he's been in and out, not seen enough of him, but he's a player with a, you know, he came with quite a reputation. I know he didn't make it at Liverpool, but yeah. Klopp doesn't sign you unless you've got something. What do you think is going to happen tonight? Sean feels Rangers confidently to win. Yeah, well, the only the only uh, reason why Goldson won't play is if he probably feels it's a little bit too early. Maybe he needs another... Three or four days on the training ground, I don't know. But other than that, it's a big game. It's Aberdeen away. Um, I think Aberdeen have to be a little bit more expansive. I think they have to come out um, in terms of trying to attack, which they, they never did. I think Jim Goodwin took responsibility mm -hmm. for that. Um, Would you blame him? 
yes, in a way. I just thought that, uh, number one, you can't go toe-to-toe with Celtic, all right? You, you, you've got to go a little bit defensively. You've got to go a little bit. You can't go gung-ho against Celtic. You have to set your team up to defend. I don't care if you're home or away, because I used to love teams coming to Celtic Park, Paul, they're having a real go. But very seldom did they come away with anything. The teams that came, you know, they, they were set up, organised, efficient and really hard to break down. And for 82 minutes, Aberdeen were, although Celtic had 30-odd attempts. I think they had 10 attempts on, on target. Yep. But I just think that with Aberdeen having to come out tonight and change change the way they, they, they go about the game, I think that will open the game up and I think Rangers will take advantage of that and win the game Barry was saying last night well I asked him didn't we we said what about a night for Ryan Kent we've said that so many times but if Aberdeen do have the same formation I know they've got Liam Scales back tonight but they will be hard to break down and Barry said it needs a special moment from somebody maybe a Ryan yeah. Kent I think you know it will take a a, a moment of magic um, a maze whatever you want to call it um, maybe a wee break of the ball but I think Ryan Kent the season that Rangers won the title under Stephen Gerrard opening day fixture was at Petordre and Ryan Kent scored the winning goal the only goal of the game uh, when they won 1-0 so he's got he's got a bit of form up there um, I thought he looked he looked apart against Tabernin uh, last week but he's got to do it more often and tonight will be a bigger test because it was a very open game at Ibrox last midweek tonight uh, I think that Aberdeen will have pretty much 10 men behind uh, the ball and then they'll pick their moments to try and uh, counter but the honest will be on Rangers to go and take the game and Rangers have got to win Michael Beale's still got to show that he, he's worthy of being the Rangers manager and you're only worthy of being the Rangers manager if you can go to places like Pataudry and win Here's Michael Beale My focus at the minute is two things really is to give the team real clarity on how we want to play to make us hard to beat and also good with the ball but also it's to recover the, the injuries that we have because it's in my three and a half years here previously we never had a situation like this I think Last week, we probably had an 11 unavailable as strong as the 11 we had on the pitch. Now, if they're all available, it makes a strong Rangers here in training and then into the games. But at the moment, you would say we're, we're more vulnerable than what we have been in, in many a year. Going to hear from Ange Postacoglu now. Sean, stay with us for a moment or two. Ange Postacoglu, uh, this afternoon, ahead of the game tomorrow, Celtic against Livingston. We'll hear him talk about Aberdeen. But first of all, he said some of the perception, he's surprised by some managers and the media and the way people lump the big two together all the time. Not really, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I, you know, I don't see any issue with... Yeah, you know, I assume, you know, Jim set up his team on the weekend to try and get a result against us. And I think every manager tries to do that. Um, I don't have any real issue with it or, or, or sort of from our perspective how it affects us. I mean, I, the curious thing I find, and it's it's driven, I guess, a little bit by you guys in the media, but also, you know, I hear opposition coaches and, and opposition players before we, we play them and they can't seem to differentiate between us and Rangers at all. It's almost like when you play the top two, this is what happens. And I, I don't get that because if I referred to all the other teams apart from Rangers as the other 10 and that, you know what, when we play the other 10, this is what happens. I'm not paying respect to the fact that, you know what, Livingston are going to be a different challenge tomorrow to St Johnson on the weekend. Um, different, even though they may play defensively, different ways they do that. Um, playing them home is different to playing them away. Um, so we kind of approach every game as if it's, you know, it's like a, a jumps race in... in in, in racing, you know, you, you respect every hurdle. You don't, just because you're a few lengths in front, you don't 
sort of look around and, and not worry about the next one. So um, that's a bit I find sort of curious. And they also bring a historical context. It just makes the task seem insurmountable because you're going, you know, when you play the top two, this has always happened, you know. I'm going, well, you're not playing the top two. You're playing Rangers or you're playing Celtic and you're playing them home and maybe they've got injuries this week or maybe they've had a bad week the week before or maybe they're coming off. So that's the kind of questioning that should be happening to managers. And I think, like I said, I think the managers and some players fall into the trap of just answering those questions because that's the way they're put to them. So... That's where I think, you know, I, 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 I struggle with it a little bit, not so much the tactics. The tactics, well, you know what, we all have our own way of methodology of doing things. Mark Weedy, you've been in the media for a long time. What do you hear and take from that? What's he saying? Hey, <laughs> I, I, I thought I knew and I'm not so sure. Okay. I, I wish I could ask him yeah. uh, to, to, yeah. to be a wee bit more mm-hmm. uh, expansive. Um, perhaps, and I'll use the word perhaps, because um, I'm guessing because I can't really quite make it out and I wasn't at the conference and sure. sometimes you get a better picture when, when you were at the conference rather than just listening to, to the words and the line of question yeah, that, that's coming sure. you know yeah. so but perhaps uh, it's a case of don't lump the old firm together now don't put us in with Rangers don't put Rangers in with Celtic and maybe he feels that uh, Celtic and Rangers should be on their own take the separate entities when talking about was and maybe one of the things he feels is because Celtic's the champions. They won the league comfortably last season. They're nine points ahead at the moment. The Rangers manager's just lost his job because clearly the Ibrox board have felt that he's not going to be able to catch Celtic. Ultimately, that's what it's about when you're at either side of the city. If you don't feel that you're you're going to win the title and overtake your rivals, then you're out of job. That's, that's what happened. So maybe he's thinking, no, don't just say, oh, we're playing the old firm. This is what happens. Celtic play a different style. To Rangers, they've got different players. Celtic's a better team. They're the champions. They've got a better squad. Rangers are playing catch-up. Rangers' mm-hmm. style's about to change because, as you imagine, he's made that clear. He wants to change the, change the style and change the table. So maybe he's saying, listen, treat us separately. Okay. Treat every time. And whether you're coming to Parkhead or whether we're going to your place, treat us separately. I don't know. I might be wrong, Park. I, I, I don't think that he quite said really what he wanted to say. I get that the... There's in there he's really wanted to have a go and he'll maybe just pick another moment. But I think the thing that he kept saying, I'm curious, I'm curious, I find that curious. Uh, I think he's been really irked by um, over the weeks, whatever it is, but I don't think he quite got to the crux of what he wanted to say. Celtic legend John Hartson, that's the first time you've heard that in full. What do you take from it, John? Well, I I think Angie's... When when you're at Celtic, it's... it's, I know Martin O'Neill created this. It's like a... Us against the rest. And that was something good in terms of um, you had a real strong mentality. You had a group and that was a way to win. We had to find a way to win. And uh, and I think Ange is almost saying, like the, the comparisons and, you know, when, when teams go to Celtic Park, um, you know, uh, listen, all I'm trying to say is I think Mark is right. I think... And just trying to separate in terms of he wants Celtic to go a certain way and he's not overly concerned about what Rangers are doing. Because yeah. right now, Celtic are nine points clear. They, they won the league last year and, and he feels that, you know, they're, they're far superior at yep. this moment in time. They're proving it. They, Rangers have just lost their manager on the back of... That's a great point. The, the, yeah, Rangers, sure. yeah. the Rangers at hierarchy probably felt he didn't have it in him to go and... 
and it's going to take a hell of a. I think Michael Beale have said himself, Rangers will have to go and win every game, including the Celtic games, you know, to get close. Um, Is he telling people to do a bit more of their homework and treat Celtic as Celtic? And Rangers as yeah. Rangers because they're different teams. Sean, as a Rangers fan, but a great lover of football as well, what what do you take from what he said? See, to be honest, I feel like more than England in that the, uh, the English media or British media, yeah. whatever we back to call them, they look at Rangers and Celtic. I don't think really the English media really take Scottish football. I don't think I think they actually downside Scottish football. I think if it Rangers and Celtic. I think ninety percent of the English media would probably publish uh, Scottish football if it wasn't for Rangers and Celtic. Because mm. without Rangers and Celtic, the other probably biggest is Hibs and Hearts Derby. But apart from that, see, the other problem I'm not going to lie to you. Dundee, we're playing Dundee United live on Sky, or Sunderland, we're playing Norwich Forest. I would go to Sunderland Norwich Forest game. Would you? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, Sean, we're going to go to the break. Thanks a lot. We heard what you said. You reckon yep, score right, score line again tonight? You. you think three 0 Rangers? Yes, three 0 Thank you. Yep. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go. Go Radio Football Show Tuesday evening football is back here everybody's buzzing oh. after the World Cup final at the weekend not much happened for about 70 minutes you know Argentina two up everyone forgets that there was a while where I think people were thinking well that's it all over we'll oh, watch half-time. the celebrations oh, yeah half time you're thinking yeah. you could give the World Cup to Argentina now it's game over at <laughs> half time and then yeah. 78 minutes to make it 2-1 and boom you know Mbappe Two minutes later and it was game on and that final 40-odd minutes was just absolutely incredible. And it looked as though it was eking away from them, didn't it, Joe? It did, it, well, you, know. you look at Messi got uh, the, put Argentina 3-2 up mm. in the second half of extra time. He must be thinking, come on, my defence, just yep. come on, just defend this next to... And then Mbappe scores that mm. volley, um, which is... Which is in, was it the volley, the third goal? It second was. goal. And the third one was a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but they got pegged back again. So, you know, Messi must be thinking, well, come on, what, what more can yeah. I do to help us win this thing, do you know? John, see when you watch it, does it put you in the mood to say, get the old boots out and go and play <laughs> even fives oh, or something? Because I, I know Mark still plays fives. I need uh, replacement points. I know, it true enough. It's Sorry. so much pain and it costs a lot of money and I'm thinking, I don't want to mess my knee up again. I don't think I could go through it again. No. Uh, John said a knee replacement after the talent replacement. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. John Hartson, Mark Weedy, Paul Cooney here on the Go Radio Football Show. Thanks for making the switch. We're on every night from five and so many people tuning in to the show they're not all in the family um, <laughs> no it's amazing isn't it as you go around people talking about the show Mark people uh, are making that switch yeah absolutely and quite right to it good product great pundits good toast good people it's Who, all there isn't it it's who's on there. tomorrow night <laughs> John Harson is back from Qatar and he's here on the show this evening Rangers up against Aberdeen the word is it looks as though Conor Goldson and Ben Davies that central defensive pairing which Celtic found it tough although 33 efforts on goal at the weekend uh, 10 on target only one of them going in we'll talk about that with John in just a moment or two let's hear a little bit more from Michael Beale talking about the game tonight and what he's thinking about Aberdeen I'm unsure to be honest you know you try to prepare your team for everything I watched the game I thought both Aberdeen and Celtic played in a in a, in a good game I thought you saw all the, the the sort of patience and the work that Ange has been doing with Celtic in the last year in terms of how they played the game and how they were patient. 
And I thought you saw an Aberdeen team that had a game plan and were close to executing it. There was a few close moments in the game where they were lucky not to concede. It's whether Jim thinks that's the way to go against us. I was at the game at Ibrox, what, six, seven weeks ago. Um, and obviously, we played very well in that game. And uh, So you're unsure, you just prepare your team for everything you can. I've been up there and had some feisty encounters in the parts, but it's... Uh, it's two new managers in that. Obviously, that was Stephen and Derek, and, and they were fantastic games. I thought they were everything that was good about Scottish football. So I'm enjoying, enjoying going up there, or I will enjoy going up there, because I think it's a good game. Rangers line-up will bring in a wee well. We're going to ask you how you think they will line up. We know about the central defensive pairing. For Aberdeen, would you expect many changes? I wouldn't think so, no. But, um, you know, Liam Scales obviously yep. couldn't play uh, against his parent club. Um on Saturday and uh, Jim likes him he's, he's pretty much been um, ever present so I, I would imagine there'll be a space uh, found for Liam Scales in that back three back five um, tonight uh, for Aberdeen so that right away that brings a bit of freshness um, but your main guys will be your, your, your McCrory's and, and guys like that you know they'll be, and then you know up front that you'll, they'll just want to see more of a threat um, you know get it Rangers um, and just open up a little bit more but I still think that they'll they'll be tight they'll be really really Tight because you know what you've got to remember about Jim Goodman, all the criticism that he's had, and this applies to any manager when they're playing against Celtic or Rangers, particularly Celtic, because of their attacking threat. They've got a greater attacking threat than what Rangers have. Is that they set up in order to try and get something at the game, and it maybe no pleasant in the eyes of their supporters, maybe no pleasant in the eyes of certain pundits, and you get that. But what you've got to remember is they're not picking a team to go and lose the game. Yeah. You know, John's been there. You know, when you've when you've played as an underdog and you've maybe lost a last minute goal to lose a game, or you've been one up, and you've got, you you know how gutted you are. So Jim Goodwin, these players would have been absolutely gutted at losing a goal. But it wasn't pretty in Saturday, but it almost worked for them. I don't think they'll be as defensive tonight, but they will be defensive. Yeah, I I think Jim um, came out and almost. Um, admitted that his team had been too um, defensive and never offered hardly anything going forward. Um, but I go back to, if you try and take Celtic on, now, you know, you've, you've got to have some sort of threat in the game, in particular when you're home, in front of your home fans. The fans will not put up with another performance like it was against Celtic tonight. Because you normally get a chance, don't you? You normally get a chance. You normally carve something out. You normally have some sort of threat on the break. Or, you know, can you even get a corner? Can, can you get a, a, um, a free kick? You know, in 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 Celtic's defense, defensive third, if you like. But it just seemed to be wave and wave and wave of attack, and Aberdeen didn't know what to do about it. And in the end, Celtic stayed patient, as Michael Beale just alluded to there. They stayed patient. They didn't lump it. They kept going. They kept moving, passing it. And in the end, it took it took a great strike from, from the captain to get the winning goal. John Hartson back from Qatar. The news after Qatar, John, is that um, Juranovic, his valuation has gone up and up. So since we last saw you, I mean, when, before the World Cup, it was maybe around... 10, 10 million for him today they're saying Barca are in now we know they've got financial constraints as well because of uh, the fair play and the, the levels of debt that the club have but Barcelona in there Atletico Madrid have been mentioned uh, Torino and others as well today what do you think the valuation in you what would you say 20 well, million has been I've, mentioned I've, I've, I've looked at this and I'm thinking right you had um, 
Callum Bassey. All right, more of a centre half. We played left back as well. Um, Twenty-two million to Ajax. All right, good player. I liked him. Not really played in a World Cup yet. Obviously, I hadn't had the yep. opportunity. Um, and then you had one Bissaka, mm -hmm. fifty yep. million. I'm not saying Juranovic before people get carried away on the show. I'm not saying one Bissaka, Juranovic is better than one Bissaka who left Crystal Palace, went to Manchester United for fifty million. Right, a couple of seasons ago. Mm -hmm. Ben White, now playing at right back for Arsenal. Good player, yeah. came as a centre half From Brighton, yeah. for fifty million pounds. Right, Callum, um, is it Callum Patterson? Uh, Nathan Patterson. Nathan yeah, Patterson sure. went to Everton for sixteen million pounds. With the add-ons, yeah. So he's not yeah. not done anywhere near what Juranovic has done. Juranovic yeah. has, has won a title last season, been a constant in the Celtic team. Mm -hmm. Actually, one of the best, right? Him and Hakimi mm -hmm. from uh, PSG, two of the best right backs in the World Cup, in my opinion. So, where does that put him? You know, if I say, I, I'm fed up of the English clubs and the foreign mm -hmm. clubs trying to nick our stars, right? In two or three years' time, Barcelona could go and get um, Juranovic for 20 million. In two or three years' time, if Barcelona win a Champions League, or win a La Liga with Jovanovic being a star player, he's 80 million then. You know, so what? what so is how much would you say then, John? At this moment in time? Yeah, yeah he's um, what, 27? Coming into his best years now, his next four years. He went for 25. They, we actually yeah. thought that was cheap. Yeah. Um, but I would probably say right now, at least... 25 million. 25 million, at that's least. What, that's what I'm, being, I'm, being, I'm trying yeah, to be no. realistic. I think you make some Without great points. Pushing some... the boat out and yeah. going 40, 50. Sure. I'm being realistic and I'm thinking 25 million. And then uh, well, you'll probably they'll probably accept that. Mark, so, well, on the on the back of having two other right backs at the club. Yeah, sure. Mark, the game is dominated more and more by stats, and John's backed up there with the Calvin Basses and yeah. you know Wampasaka. He's not saying it's 50 million, no. 25 million. I don't think 25 is, is unrealistic you know I think you know what the good thing for Celtic is and where it, it could end up getting to 25 is because there appears to be an auction about to start this could go right to the wire this could go now unless the player has got an absolute preference of a club that comes in for him and he knows what his deal is going to be and for whatever reason he wants to go and play for a particular club therefore he would go and say to Celtic okay I know they're, they're bidding that and somebody's maybe bid 2 million quid more but you please let me go to this club so they try and work something out. Um, so I don't think 25 can be ruled out. The only is I, my view is on it, it's probably high teens, 17, 18, is because of his age. He's 27, coming on 28. Um, so there's no really a, a, a resale uh, volume. So, but you, could get four, you, could, you, couldn't, you couldn't rule it out going sure. to 25. You couldn't, you know, and this you is Celtic, Celtic's in a great... Yeah. Celtic's in a great position because of, you know his his agent is working yep. really hard. This is his agent's massive payday. You know his agent's probably been sitting there watching the World Cup going, ah, "Yeah, beauty." You know, here we go. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Sure. Quids in, you know, but yeah. also, you know, yeah. but the market is so inflated. Yeah. Now's the time. Everybody, yeah. never mind Barcelona and the restraints mm -hmm. and all this stuff. They want the player. They'll they'll pay what Celtic value him at. And and Mark is spot on. It's like selling your house. You know, if you've got two or three people wanting your house, that's that's bingo, isn't it? Because whoever is that goes to the highest bidder. Yep. And and that's the same as, as a footballer. If you've sure. got 
two or three clubs, unless the It'll player bingo, bingo. specifically yeah. wants to go and play. I don't think there's many players that turn down Barcelona no. if, if if that seems to be correct. So the manager, Ash Postacoglu, was asked today about speculation about players. Here's what he had to say about the Juranovic situation. You know, again, like, you know, all this speculation. Well, I can tell you right now, we don't have an offer for any player. So, you know, people can talk about offers and clubs wanting, but... I can't spend my time chasing shadows of what's in the press every morning because I'd be spending my whole day talking to players. Uh, as I keep saying to people, what I see is what's before me every day here at training. Um, if there's an issue or if people, if players <coughs> have things um, um, put in front of them about their future, I'm sure they'll come and see me and Michael will speak to their representatives. But right now, there's nothing, zero, zip, nada. Niente. <laughs> you know, the, the nada one reminds me of, of, of Brendan Rogers when uh, you could tell the relationship between him and the, the Celtic hierarchy was was um, creaking and, and coming to an end when he said terminado. Remember that one when he was asked? <laughs> you know, and he just said terminado. So, uh, yeah, not that, not that I'm saying that the relationship between Ange and the hierarchy is creaking, nope. uh, but it just it, it reminded me of that. But you can tell again. He's, on one hand, it's a great compliment to him and to his staff and to the football club that they're creating these assets. You know, absolutely no doubt about it. But on the other hand, he's getting hacked off with yeah, it. Sure. Really, really, and you can Enough. understand why. Yeah, and bats an awful lot of things away. He's sure. very, he's very clever in yeah. terms of because he knows if he says anything, what he's worth or what potentially is worth. It's, it's a headline, you know, yeah. and, and then it upsets maybe the player or the agent or you know the the the, the possibility of him moving on, but. Um, good copy, it. isn't it? As they say, good copy. But, but we yeah. can do it. Of course. <laughs> That's why we're there. John, here's <laughs> what he had to say about so Jim Goodwin coming in for criticism about his tactics, the way they lined up against Celtic. Uh, this is what Ange had to say about We it. expected Aberdeen to probably be a bit more aggressive. So we kind of set up, you know what, they actually might may come out and, and try and stop us playing. So we kind of prepared for that, but also prepared for the fact that maybe they will sit back. So we, you know, the players were sort of ready for both scenarios. But like I said, you know. <clears throat> Aberdeen sitting back is not the same as Livingston sitting back because they've got different players. They've got different kind of formations. They've got different areas where they're, you know, potentially strong or potentially there's areas to exploit. Um, like I said, with us, you know, depending on what wingers we play, what central striker we play, what fullbacks we play, what midfielders we play, that changes our game a little bit, you know. You saw that on the weekend. You know, the only reason I made a change with Dyson at half-time was that, you know, Dyson's more effective for us when there's space behind and there wasn't any. I thought there would be. And then... You know, Liel's better when, when teams are sort of parked in there, so we put Liel in. So, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to other managers. I'm sure they go into that sort of detail as well, but it's just the language they use sometimes bemuses me because it seems they just tend to generalise about what they're going to potentially face against us. John, what do you make of that? Well, what I'd say to that is is that I expected uh, Aberdeen, because Aberdeen away, by the way, is a tough game. That's one of the hardest yeah. games. You look at Aberdeen, obviously you have Rangers, which is normally sure. the toughest because it's your big rivals. Yeah. Then you've got Hearts at Tynecastle, and then you would have Aberdeen on, on, on the same. And every Celtic fan expected a lot more. So did Ange from Aberdeen. Now, Jim has explained that they went in yeah. ridiculously defensively. They didn't have an out ball. They never created anything. They never really had a plan to go and look like they never had a plan. Maybe that was because Celtic was so good. Maybe that because they just completely played them and passed them off the park. Aberdeen couldn't get anywhere near Celtic. And some days you go up against a team, when, when we went to Barca, we couldn't get the ball. Sure. 
81% possession. You can't Celtic. get the ball yep. off, off uh, Barca, uh, Barca yep. years and years ago. Mm. They just pass you to death, Paul, do you know? And yep. maybe something like that happened. But, you know, it, it, it was strange yep. that, um, that Aberdeen all, like parked the bus. But as Ange just alluded to there, they were, what, seven or eight minutes from from getting the result. And in the end, if Callum McGregor had scored, then Jim Goodwin would have been loaded. More on this and also build up to the Rangers game and a bit more from Ange. He's speaking about Livingston tomorrow next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! We'll go to Aberdeen Rangers shortly. The news we understand is that Conor Goldson and Ben Davies will start for Rangers and I think for Aberdeen just the only change probably Liam Scales of course he couldn't play against his what, what do we call it the mother club because he's on loan from Celtic and Postacoglu today uh, sounded a bit baffled why in Scotland he's been here what a year and a half people lump Rangers and Celtic together most of the time some of the managers do when they speak about playing in Glasgow or against the Glasgow Big Two um, and also maybe the media as well but he spoke about Livingston tomorrow night and he talks about tactics and he talks about how the clubs sometimes get lumped together. Yeah, David's one that, that yeah, he does put a lot of research into into what teams they're playing. Um, although he's another one that sends, tends to talk about the two of us rather than me singularly. Um, so, um, it, and it's always a, a difficult challenge because um, the thing with, with Livingston is that you know that kind of irrespective of who they play against, they have a certain style and they stick to it and it's difficult to play against, which um, which gives them some sort of certainty going into every game because if you if you kind of chop and change every week, it it, it can put players in, in that little bit of area of uncertainty if things don't go well. But, you know, we've played them a few times now. As I said, it's a different challenge at home to away. Tomorrow it's, it's at Celtic Park, you know, where we can do certain things that are difficult for us to do on their turf. But... Um, It'll be a good challenge for us. Um, obviously, their game got cancelled on the weekend, so <coughs> yeah, they're coming off a, a pretty long break, and you know that can work one or two ways. Uh, you know, they're going to have a hell of a lot of energy, and we're going to have to expect that early on. Or if they're not quite at it early on, then we can take advantage of it. Obviously, at the start, you're speaking about David Martindale, yeah. the the Levy coach. Was that yeah. a pop? I, I'm, you know, what? I'm starting to get a wee bit more now. But I think you know he's like, as he said earlier as well, but there too, you know. When I'm not playing, when it's not Celtic v Rangers, and I'm playing one of the mm. other ten, if we want to call them that, um, he said he said I wouldn't have the same game plan for the other ten. I wouldn't just describe every pre-match press conferences. Yeah, well, you know, we're playing St Johnson, Stroke Motherwell, Stroke Dundee United, Stroke Livy, and just lump them all into the same kind of chat, the same preparation, the same personnel. He was giving you a wee insight into his thought process of his team selection in terms of the two scenarios that, that were potentially going to come up against, against Aberdeen. He, go, he went for Maida. It didn't work because Aberdeen were so defensive and so deep. So he switched it and brought on um, a badder. So, yeah, you can understand what he's saying. And again, I think it's a message to the other managers. When you are coming uh, to play against us, treat us as an individual club treat my players as their own set of players and treat me as my own manager don't put me in the same bracket as Michael Beale don't put my players in the same bracket as the Rangers players and don't put my football club in the same bracket as Rangers because it's a totally different challenge and the challenge he's described without saying it is we're a more difficult challenge we are the champions we're a distance ahead of Rangers and we have better players and a stronger squad so treat us uh, differently 
as I treat you differently because I don't just lump you all into a, into a bracket of 10 it's a fair point you can see where he's coming from and I'm sure the same would apply to Michael Beale across mm. the road he'd want Rangers to, to be treated in that way too John as a great Celtic striker of the past <coughs> who would you play tomorrow night who would start for you Kyogo or Gikamakis I think Jakamakis came on at the weekend and I thought he you know he uh, <coughs> he played as if um, he's in talks about a new deal mm. um, or at this moment in time the word is they can't quite compromise and come to a, a, a situation um, oh, yeah we'll come back <coughs> yep, yep. Sorry, that suits both parties I think I play Jakamakis now um, I give him a run and uh, you know let's see what he's made of let's see uh, uh, you know he's already shown that he's a fantastic striker uh, and it's a shame that they, they really you know they, they, at this moment in time they're still in talks and there's no concrete agreement so we're led to believe uh, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes but maybe Celtic will now feel they should keep him yeah <coughs> Mark what, what do you think, think? Yeah. what I think yeah. is Paul I think he's come he's come in from the Eredivisie where um he wouldn't have been on huge money. Yep. And I think on the back of how well he's done, I think his agent has, has obviously mm. looked at, maybe spoke to other agents and seeing what Jota is on, see, seeing yep. what maybe other players are on, mm. Kyogo, one or two others. And he's thinking he wants to be on par now. He wants to be on level par with the other players. And I don't think he feels at the minute that... He, he is quite on on that in terms of his wages and financially. Now I don't know. I'm only I'm only assuming. Yeah. As a striker, I'd be thinking the same. Unless I'm up against a Henrik Larsson, where Henrik was the highest paid player for every minute and every game he was at Celtic. Um, but if I'm going into a club and I'm doing the same job, then as my fellow striker, um, if not better, then. I'm asking my agent, why aren't I on the same as, as other players? Did you ever have to go and do that? Uh, no, because I always earned decent money. No, I'd Burke Camp and Wright that I knew they were superstars, yeah. you know, in terms of that. And when I came to Celtic, but I was very, very well paid. Yeah. But obviously Henrik was... And at this moment in time, Celtic, I've got a Henrik Larson, you know. So there, there should be comparisons made in terms of if you were on a lot more than I'm on, then then naturally, you know, you, you want to come on, on par with what the other players are earning. And I think that's, that is my view of things. Um, and, and I'm sure, I hope they compromise anyway, because you, you don't want to lose uh, a Jack Amakis. He's settled, he's scoring goals. He gives you a totally different option to what Kyogo gives you. And, um, you know, it would be a shame for them to lose him, you know, yeah. over over some money, really. Mark? Yeah, I mean... I Without being held to ransom, and no club should be held to ransom. But uh, if you if you look at someone like Jackie Marcus, and you know, I think I said on here a, a week or two ago, you know, whatever the, I, I'm not privy to the to the, the contract situation or contract talks. Let's be honest, none of us are. There's only two or three people that ever really know all, all the all the details. I always laugh when when you know people tell you, oh, he, he's he's been offered twenty thousand three hundred and forty quid a week. You know, and how, how do you yeah. know? You know, let's let's be honest. How do you know? So anyway, taxi um, driver. Yeah, what what. What my point is about Jackie Mack is good number nines are hard to find now, Paul. They really are. They're a dying breed. And Celtic have got two in their books that, that give them a different option, a different way of playing. Um, what I would say is, again, without being held to ransom, but I would do everything in my power to keep Jackie Marcus at the club. And see if that means that 
you think he's worth fifth, whatever he earns now, and and you think well, actually you know I'd, I'd, I'd happily bump him up to fifteen grand a week, but Jackie Marcus wants eighteen or whatever it may be. Yeah. I, I would find the difference in that under that kind of scenario. If it's a sake of three or four grand a week, find the money because he's a good professional. The club knows he can do the business. He's a fantastic finisher. Look at some of the finishes that he comes away with. Um, and he's been a big part of what Celtic have achieved under Ange Postacoglu. Now, if you, if, you, if you lose him, I don't know if there's anybody in for him. I've heard the manager state quite clearly about Juranovic and anybody else. There are no bids in for any players. Albeit, it doesn't matter anyway because players can't go to January the 1st. But I would find a way of keeping mm. Jackie Max unless he's hell-bent on leaving. Unless it's just, it's a for whatever reason, there's a breakdown um, and he doesn't want to stay but I, I would imagine there'd be under the right circumstance a willingness from Jackie Marcus to stay at Celtic um, and financially um, I would find a way to make it happen We'd forgotten how much money Big John was earning when he mentioned Arsenal and all the rest and he's got you maybe in the Secret Santa I think you're okay in the Go Radio Secret Santa Big John will be spending <laughs> I've, I've some not, of that dosh on you Secret Santa. Are you not in it? No, not I've, I've also been given a custard pie <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have done Giacomacus's case any harm at the weekend people said that when he came on that you could see a difference you need options but strikers yeah. you know in Celtic had 81% possession 33 attempts uh, on goal 10 of them on target and only one goal yeah, coming Paul, from Cal I, I, I don't yeah. think it comes down to that I, I think Giacomacus at the weekend you know he does, does what he normally does he comes on he ruffles, ruffles a few feathers he, he, he competes for headers he tries to hold the ball up and, and obviously build the play um, I don't think it comes down about his performance. I think his performances have been outstanding. Yeah. Remember, this is a boy who's had to be patient at times as well. When and just gone with Kyogo a lot of the time as his main striker, you know, Jackamarcus has come in and not let anybody down. Um, so I don't think it's about that. I just think obviously the agent might have got involved, and all of a sudden we yeah. the agent might be asking a little bit more than what Celtic actually. You know, uh, think that he's worth. Um, there can be loads of things that 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 this boils down to. But uh, as Mark said, there, you know, I, I hope Celtic can 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 compromise and and come to a deal that suits both parties. Here's the injury update ahead of Celtic Livy tomorrow. Yeah, science back, so he's he's good, and uh, everyone got through the weekend uh, all well. So um, in terms of uh, Obviously, <coughs> uh, James McCarthy um, still out, and uh, and, and Welsh is is probably another couple of weeks away. But uh, and obviously Yossip's away. But uh, out of the weekend, Sayad's uh, back trained the uh, last couple of days and uh, fit and available. Aksabanovic, the first one there back from the World Cup and Rangers ahead of the news just now. This was Michael Beale's injury update. In terms of injuries, nothing really to report from the game the other day. We've sent Stephen Davis for a scan uh, to a slight issue. Well, we hope it's a slight issue and we'll see. So he was the only player that won't travel tomorrow, uh, along with obviously Kamar Roof compared to the ones that have been training. But everybody else, Connor Goldson, will, will come back into the squad tomorrow. Strap yourselves in. Celtic Levy tomorrow. Aberdeen against Rangers. One of the biggest games uh, in the diary any time, isn't yeah. it? It's always, it's, it's a bit special. News is next and then we're back. Mark Weedy, John Hartson. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! John Hartson back from Qatar and with us here on the Go Radio Football Show. Mark Weedy, 
back from I'm trying to think somewhere with a quarter <laughs> in <laughs> Hamilton. No, that's me. Uh, we're here for the next hour and building up to Aberdeen against Rangers tonight. John, you must have enjoyed playing at Pataudry under the lights. I know you had a good record there, but there is something about it, isn't there? There I, I, is, and as I, as I said earlier, Paul, it's yeah. um, it's it's generally one of the toughest places to go. It used to be anyway. Um, what was your best night there? Just throw that at you. Can you remember? I scored my last yep. ever goal for Celtic there, oh, yeah. <clears throat> my yep. 110th goal. Yeah, in a, in a Celtic shirt. I think we drew drew the game two two. It was a boiling hot afternoon, and it was a a Sunday. I think it was my last game under Gordon Strachan. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know at the time it was my last oh, goal because yeah. I found that out when I went on holiday and uh, Gordon gave me three days to mull over things and then uh, he, he told me that he'd already sold me to West Brom, which is a bit of a surprise. But uh, no, I had some good... We lost there as well. I think we lost there mm. uh, at Christmas time. It was a bit of an icy, sort of snowy pitch and um, they won the game, uh, Aberdeen. So that was disappointing, but yeah. always, always had a tough game up there. You'll never forget that day, Mark, will you? He just said, hot, sunny day in Aberdeen. Brilliant. <laughs> it no was. was uh, Beautiful no part of, of, like that of the country. Take us through the goal for a second, John. What was the... I think it was a header. Uh, I think Sean, Malone, to, Sean Maloney got the other one and then I think it. Aberdeen equalised yeah. later on. But, 110 uh, goals. Why am I putting on an English accent for <laughs> a goal by an adopted Scotsman? Yeah. Who the manager of Aberdeen would have been at that time? Mm, it would have been Jimmy Calder, wouldn't it? Ah, yeah. you're right. They've been Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Calder, Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. Nichols, Sandy Clark. That's right. Well, tonight it's yeah. going to be Michael Beale for the first time as manager mm -hmm. of Rangers up against Jim Goodwin up against Michael Beale. So many new managers, newish. Mm. Uh, Jim Goodwin did such a great job at St Mirren tonight. He's the Aberdeen manager, but he's come in for a lot of criticism. I see Willie Miller's been um, given quite yeah, a bit of criticism. Well, well, scathing. You know. ah, uh, Aberdeen great, of course. But, his assessment yeah. of their performance yeah. on, on Saturday, mm. I remember Willie was scathing of their performance at Ibrox yeah. um, six or seven weeks when they lost 4-1 when they played totally differently. So uh, Willie's no help back. Jim's coming up for a year in the jobs maybe was it late January early February um, yep. it took over look Jim's a good manager and um, as we said earlier and, and, and John will know better than anyone he's been in plenty of dressing rooms all all over the UK and for the international team a manager never picks a team to lose a game now they might not get it right but they work ever so hard don't forget that they're conscientious and they want successes more than anybody so they pick a team and they'll get it it's not going to be pretty Probably not the way a lot of the players want to go either, but they're given a game plan to try and give themselves the best possible chance of getting the result. Um, and probably only once in every five or six games will it work, such as the such as the such as the golf. Yeah. Um, and and then you, you you need to hope. One of the things is when you're a, one of the smaller clubs playing against Celtic or Rangers, particularly Celtic at this moment in time, is that your goalkeeper has an absolute blinder. Yeah that he needs to produce three or four top draw saves. And that's why I think it'll it'll flip on its head from um, the weekend against Celtic tonight. Yep. I think Jim Goodwin will, will set his team up. We have to be more expansive. Got to be more on the front foot. Front foot. We've got to create more chances going forward. Yes, we might ship in a few goals because Rangers have that quality, in particular the way um, that Kent played last week. He's finding that little bit of form, interestingly enough. He's got six more months on his contract. He's hitting form. Um, you know, you, you look at uh, Morelos, got the winning goal against Hibs. That'll give him a little bit of a boost. So Rangers are dangerous. They'll have their threats. But Jim Goodwin will feel that the fans will want a really good, positive 
performance in terms of running, closing down, making tackles, going forward, creating attempts on the Rangers' goal. And that's why I think... Um, you know, I think the Aberdeen fans will will see a completely different Aberdeen tonight. And Rangers fans will be looking to narrow the gap to six points on Celtic ahead of Celtic's game tomorrow. The news that just after six, Celtic have revealed tonight they have received an away allocation for the big game on January the 2nd. And John, you'll be on along with Barry Ferguson and myself yep. on that. Looking forward to it. Yeah, what's the name for it, Mark? We're having the balls. got something. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Oh, New Year's special. It's, it's, no. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, mon- a manic Monday. I don't know. Oh, Something like that's hey, a Monday. Oh, it could be good manic hey, Monday. Hey, yeah, right, okay. get back to the story, Paul. <laughs> 708 <laughs> tickets. 708 tickets for the fixture at Ibrox. Um, yep, January the 2nd. Just over 700 Celtic supporters will be inside the stadium for the match. Home supporters dwarfing the limited away allocation. The club, this is Celtic, confirmed the news this afternoon via the club's official um, ticket social media account a short statement confirmed tickets for the away match versus Rangers on Monday 2nd of January are now on sale to eligible season ticket holders we've talked about it many times oh, such yeah. a shame takes away it from is. the occasion but we knew that we, yeah. we knew the allocation no, sure. we both knew of them do I know. Six, yeah. seven and it'll be the same for Rangers fans when they come to Celtic Park yeah. you know and it does It does. we've spoken about it many sure. times yeah they weren't exactly going to give Celtic five or six thousand you know being nine, nine points yeah. behind and God knows how many goals. So they will try and get that advantage, obviously, by filling the ground with home supporters. That's why I believe they did it in the first place. Rangers were the first team to act. And Celtic came back and said, well, if you're doing that, we'll do the same. Mm. Steve King. Steve King that mm. triggered it off um, three, maybe four years ago. And I don't think it'll ever go back, Paul. Um, no. You know, in order for that to happen, <laughs> you know, it, it, it would take one of the clubs to, to go and approach the other one and say, right, you know, can we find a way? Um, here of getting back to the way it used to be I don't think that's going to happen now I think that's pretty much uh, set for, forevermore well, Goal what, difference is 17 John isn't it? Why don't you think yep. it'll happen Mark? Well, what, what's the, well, they're not uh, going to budge well, nobody's going to Because well, it would yeah. be it, it's, you know it's fantastic when you know when there's five or six Rangers fans at Celtic Park and vice versa But here's what the clubs will say to you John It adds to oh, the game it adds to John. the atmosphere Well you've asked Mark a question Mark what would you say but to I, John? I, well I think yeah. financially first and foremost because they, they sell those season tickets so right right away that's money guaranteed in the bank mm-hmm. um, so you're selling season tickets that guarantee you your tickets for the when Celtic come to Ibrooks and vice versa uh, so that this is what triggered it with with, with Dave King. Yep. Um, it's also as well it increases the home advantage in terms of your ability to go and win the game. Um, that was in the, in the mind. So it's, it's a two, it's, it's a thing of finances getting guaranteed money into the bank at the start of the season, mm. and also increasing your chances um, of, of of winning the game. Because Rangers had to come up with with, with different things. Um, I think it might have been brought in for the season that, that, that they were going to stop 10 in a row where they did and they won their 55th title bearing in mind Celtic have won 16 out of the 22 titles that might be another part of Ange Pastacoglu's um, chat uh, earlier today you know since the turn of this century the new millennium whatever you want to call it um, Celtic have won 16 and John you, you've, you've been part of three of those uh, title triumphs 2 4 and 6 um, so yeah that's what it is and I, and I don't think Unfortunately, I don't think there's a relationship at boardroom level um, or a good enough relationship at boardroom level where they could sit down and try and um, work something out that'll just, you know, even though getting back to the, the six, seven, eight thousand that they had, but even finding something a wee bit better than seven or eight hundred, it just yeah. it, it dilutes it, um, just dilutes it all, you know.
Rangers, isn't it? Celtic yeah. turn up in the Parks buses and the, the chairman yeah. of Rangers and get fantastic business, Douglas Park. Um, but they can't sort this one. I think they're both stubborn. They are. And I know they say, oh, we want our fans to be there. But come on, this is one of the greatest derbies in the world. Mm. And people, I heard uh, Lee Boyer on the radio today saying that he'd been to it once at Ibrox. I think he was Gar- uh, Barry's guest. Yeah, he was at a team at Barry's at yeah. Birmingham. He remember? said, yeah. and you know, he's been in the... The, the Derby, you know, Newcastle, Sunderland, mm-hmm. Villa, Birmingham, yeah. nothing like the, the old firm, the Glasgow Derby. Anyway, there's nothing we can do about it. They're not listening, John. Lee yep. Bowyer. Yes. Right. I went to Arsenal at 19 for 2.5 million. I became Britain's wow. most expensive teenager in wow. the history of football. Five months later, Lee Bowyer left Charlton to go to Leeds for 4 million. He broke, took that record off me, Lee Bowyer. There's many done it since. Yeah, yeah. But he was a good midfield player, Lee Bowyer. Two and a half million, John. This secret he, Santa he is going to, John he, Hartson's going to be yeah, getting something really Lee tasty. Lee went for four yeah. at uh, 19 from Charlton to Leeds. Yeah, I can't stop thinking about what he's going to be buying. <laughs> <laughs> is it me or my recipient? You brought him up. You brought him up. I just, I just told a you a story about it. Yeah, there we are. Well, that's the situation for Celtic fans. Just over 700 for the game on January the 2nd. Set the watch now. It's going to be here. We'll keep you right up to date. I'll be on with John Hartson and Barry Ferguson. What is going to happen for the Rangers fans? They're looking forward to the game tonight. Let's see. We'll have the team news. Well, it's an eight o'clock kickoff. But before we finish, I'm sure we'll have the teams. The news we understand is that Ben Davis will play alongside Connor Goldson back for the first time since Champions League time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, Rangers have certainly missed Connor Goldson. Uh, you know, Ben Davis was bought for four million pounds during the summer. He, you know, he's, he's a quality defender. He's been very unlucky um, uh, with injury, and uh, Goldson had pretty much been ever present ever since uh, until he got that injury uh, too. So, you know, for Michael Beale to have both of them back together, um, as I say, it's a chance for me now to go and build a partnership if they can keep injury free. I think that's the first choice central defensive partnership um, at the club, and that makes such a difference. Um, Paul if you've got that I see that the Brentford striker Ivan Torney has been charged with misconduct in relation to alleged alleged breaches of the FA's betting rules so I wonder Mark if that's the reason why he didn't make it to the England squad I do you know for but, but Paul when you think you know he, he had a great bit of form for for Brentford he was getting touted I think the way it was it was pretty much coming down to to um, either him or uh, Callum Wilson at Newcastle and uh, then when it looked as though it was going to be Ivan Tony, all of a sudden this story appeared that got out in the public domain um, about the potential um, betting disc- uh, discrepancies. Um, that then became a charge and all of a sudden he was left out of the squad and two days after he was left out of the World Cup squad, he, 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 did he get a hat-trick at Manchester City or something like that mm. um, for for, uh, for Bournemouth? So yeah, I felt for Tony. Listen, Callum Wilson's a, a terrific striker but... I think Tony at that moment in time was was uh, in better form. That is pending. And John, I know it's something that you struggled with and yeah. I know you haven't had a bet for over 11 years, uh-huh. which is terrific. And I know that you're a great advocate for just, you need to take it easy. People well, can, can yeah. lose everything so quickly. You can. And when you're in the mixed, midst of that addiction, um, you take risks, you know, because the addiction takes over. Yeah. Now, it, you know, it, it, it's cost um, Ivan Tony... Um, the publicity that comes with yeah. it and everything else, but and we'll have to see. We'll have to see the outcome of it. Now, yeah. what what Brentford need to do is get Ivan Tony into um, into GA or have some therapy. Or... Can you go for rehab? No, it's, no, it's not. GA, Paul. Right. It's gamblers, gamblers, because you're around other gamblers. You're around other gamblers um, that all want to beat this addiction. 
and uh, everybody's got their own opinion on GE. Um, Gamblers Anonymous. Gamblers yeah. Anonymous. But for me personally... What would you I, say to Ivan? I would say go and go, and go to GA as quick as you can and, and get yourself into a meeting. Um, don't worry about your fame, who you are, footballer. That that makes no difference whatsoever. You you want to try and beat this problem that you've got. Because otherwise, a lot of people continue to gamble. If they're not getting any help, they're only going to go one way. They're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, in, into debt, into problems, into... You know, this, that and the other. So for me, I, I would advise him that he hasn't got to listen to me. He's obviously clearly got a problem um, because of the amount of bets that, that he's been putting on. So Allegedly. And we need to see the outcome charged. of it there. I know. Um, so, um, but I think you're giving him good advice, John, for the yeah, parent on a, I, I on a human level. I would say go level. to GA yeah. and, and obviously yeah. um, try your best to, yeah. to get over this issue that you've got. Because Mark, there's massive hypocrisy in football. You can't move now. For you can bet on how many corners, how many bookings. It must be really tough for everybody, ordinary men, women, um, because you can do it online now all the yeah. time. You can do it on your phone. It's yeah. really, really tough. Uh, as Paul and um, from what you're led to believe from from various people um, in the game and in and around the game all over the UK. I don't, I don't know about Europe, but certainly um, it's rife. Yeah. It's rife in the UK in football. Um, you've seen snooker players as well. They've just been been brought in for different things. So yeah, look, I know I know it's easy to say go go and get help and sit beside this John's a, a classic example who who did eventually you know tackle your his problem and and has been brilliant ever since for eleven years and, and uh, speaking about a, 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 it as a great well. role model and um, you know an inspiration um, to others about it. But um, it's a problem because it's so accessible and a lot of footballers earn a lot of money. I've got a few extra quid in their pocket, and you know, there's time a of it all, time yeah. in their hands. All you need is a mobile phone, and you don't need to walk into a bookie shop um, anymore. So, look, it's all the things there, but um, it's 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 a big part in football. John Hartson, Paul Cooney, and Mark Weedy on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. We are motoring towards the eight o'clock kickoff, Aberdeen against Rangers. Here's Michael Beale uh, speaking about a few things, including Ryan Kent. Yeah, he might be sick of me because he's known me since he's 14 and he probably thinks, who's this guy coming back in again? But no, on a personal level, it's nice to work with Ryan. He's the sort of player that I like. Very two-footed. He's actually someone that you'd actually say to your academy players, like Yanis Hadji, to watch because, you know, very two-footed, can go both ways. I like him to be a bit more free. I think that's fair to say. Um, I don't like him playing on one side of the pitch. I like him to have the... <coughs> the licence to roam and, and you're right he's coming into his best years and let's hope that they, those years are here at Rangers and he's been speaking about the identity he wants for his Rangers yeah I think it's important that we just continue with our identity I thought first half the other night you saw an anxious team an anxious crowd which will happen when you concede so early and then concede straight after scoring yourself so at half time it was important that we just focused on trying to play in the identity that we we discussed and we've been training and we did that second half. And I think at this moment in time for us, that's the most important thing, to try and get performance happy. I think that will double up with the results. I certainly don't just want to go all for the result and no style or substance because I think over a while that might we might get tripped up with that. It's important we get to the style that we want as quickly as possible. John? Yeah, well, he's obviously a very talented coach. Um, had a good spell at QPR, although they, they were on a bit of a poor run when he left for for Rangers. Um, worked with Steven Gerrard exceptionally well the year that, that Rangers um, won the title. 
so you know, he's been in the game a lot longer than I have in terms of his the coaching side mm. and the managing side of it now. But for all that identity, and you got to get the basics right. If you can't defend set pieces, then yeah. you know you can have an identity, you can have a style, you can have a you know whichever way you want to set your team up. He's on about giving Ryan Kent there a bit more space. What he means by that is Ryan Kent's got to try and get away from his potential marker, be in space so that he's always available to get the ball and he's always available to get on the half turn and run at the opposition. That's what he's good at, Ryan Kent. He can go around the outside, he can cut inside, he can get shots away. He's a very, very good player. Um, but the other night against Hibs and Rangers fans will come on and tell you themselves, Porteous is in, is in yeah. the six-yard mm. box. Where's your goalkeeper? Where's your big centre-back that's going to go and head the ball? So you can talk about styles and everything else. The second goal, you know, the, the gap in between the two the, the two Rangers defenders, um, you know, it, it was wide open, wasn't it? So for me, yeah, absolutely. You know, he talks a lot of sense. He, you know, he, he seems to know what he's talking about. But those basic defending rules apply to any team. That's why Goldson and Davies is uh, music to his ears that they're back tonight, Mark. Yeah, so important. Um, for any team to be successful, got to have a good goalkeeper. Mm. It's old saying, the spine of the team, Paul, but you, you need a partnership, you need a couple of right good midfielders and you need somebody that can find the, the, the back in the net. Should McGregor have come for it? I thought it was a bit crowded. Um, listen, it's never, let's be honest, it's never been Alan McGregor's 40. No, sure. Coming off yeah. his line, you know, he's, he's more of a short, stop. a short stopper, the, the presence that he has, the, the communication skills um, that he's got. So, no, he's never been a guy to come off his line and totally dominate. Uh, a lot of keepers don't do it now, Paul. It really annoys me, actually. Um, yeah. You know, the, the amount of things that they fist and pad away, they should just be catching it cleanly, you know. Um, but anyway, um, no, I, I don't think he should have. I think it was, it was there for his defenders to deal with. You've heard it from Mark Guidi, keepers get out there as well. And also sometimes, John, you have to lump the ball up the park, yeah. um, the keepers, but it doesn't seem to be the way to do it now. It's play it out from the back. OK, it's 22 minutes past six. Team news will be in shortly. More from Ange Postacoglu and from Michael Beale ahead of the two big games. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show, don't forget breakfast tomorrow morning as we head for Christmas. John, there's some great competitions. Quite um, a lot of people could be winning some big prizes in the next few days. Crofty and Grado. John, you're signalling there? You just... Uh, Excited no, about breakfast? I, I, yeah. No, I'm just seeing yeah. a, a, a call. I've said. Okay, um, yeah. I'll, we'll, that he thinks the uh, World Cup was, was rigged. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was yesterday. Someone was on uh, just saying that he felt it was going to be, he felt it was going the way of Argentina no <laughs> matter what happened. Was it set Blatter? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> What's this about Infantini? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying like, he's indeed, John, fixed. what about this guy who came on? This uh, the, the guy who does the stakes? And he was on, have you seen this on social media? I'll okay. get his name. Wish I hadn't started that one. <laughs> but he was on and uh, he kisses the cup and all the rest of it. You oh, see yes, Messi yes, looking I've at him. It, yeah. What are they doing? They call him Mr. Salt Man. Uh, salt Man, he's well a, done, he's yeah. the one who does the big salt he, over his shoulder. He does, yeah. So, but why is he on the... Oh, I'm not <laughs> that, that bothered mad. about it, but I know it's, crazy, it's in it? all the social media. It's in the... Today, Mark, the same... Why was he there? Apparently, he's a friend of the um, FIFA and boss. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, nothing, yeah. nothing. I had my say on him uh, sure, last, last night. night yeah. He's, he's so insincere. Oh, yeah. What about the scenes in Buenos Aires today, Incredible. John? Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, 20 million people. 
they said. Wow. It was 500,000 people welcomed Wales back to Cardiff Airport. How and many? 500,000 in Wales. Wow. Cardiff. Population of what? Three when they got to the million? semi-final yes. in 2016. Yeah. But just 20 million people, you know, welcomed Argentina back. Um, in, just unbelievable. But they are just uh, football fanatics, mm. aren't they? Sure are. Football fanatics. Football's their world. Croatia came third. Did you get the bronze medal? Juranovic, we know how well he played. The manager was speaking about him today. I don't have any sort of confidence or lack of confidence about any of our players. They're all here and they're all uh, training. Obviously, uh, Josip's not back yet. He had a great World Cup, absolutely. He was, he was brilliant and um, credit to him. And, you know, he's he's got something now, a memory he'll have forever and uh, represented our football club really well, as did all the boys at the World Cup. And... Uh, you know, he's got uh, a bit of time off now. He's got a week off and he'll be back uh, training uh, uh, early next week and uh, ready to go. He'll be back raring to go. What's going to happen in Jack? Will he play on January the 2nd, Rangers against Celtic? Will Juranovic be there? Be some way to say bye-bye, if that is the case, Mark? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he will leave um, next month. I think he'll leave Celtic for big money and he'll go to a, a, you know one of the big clubs and one of the big leagues. Um but I also think he'll play in January 2nd. I still think he'll be a Celtic player to play at Ibrox, yeah. Some game. John, you'd be crazy to miss it in some ways. If you could play in the, the big derby, you'd want to play, wouldn't you? Of course. You co- of course you would. I, I think he'll be assessed, won't he, when he comes back from uh, from his extra, you know, mm. the, the more time that the, the all the World Cup players have been given just to spend a bit more time with their families or whatever unwind a little bit and then when he comes back I think Ange will have a look at him but any player wants to and I think if if he's ready and fit and mm. he's had four or five days or whatever it is six or seven days to rest up and he's feeling good I, I think he plays because I still think he's the best right back at the club Ange Postacoglu was the Australian manager he knows all about international football what did he make of the World Cup final? Yeah we're just talking about it now it's, um, yeah, it's been the talk of uh talk around here and I guess around uh, around the world it was a cracking final it was a you know it's what football's all about um, scripts you can't write endings you can't you know put together that people will believe and uh, that's the magic of football and it was um, yeah it was a great spectacle it was a great final and uh, I guess for the most part everyone was uh, hoping for the messy fairy tale ending so that happened as well but um, just a great game of football and uh, everything we love about the game and Celtic up against Livy tomorrow. Obviously, Juranovic won't be back for, well, over a week, I would imagine. They're still celebrating. Mark Car- Carter-Vickers very much back and he's been boosted by making that appearance in the World Cup in the group stages. Yeah, you know, he's been delighted eh, you know, to, to be a part of the, the USA squad. It's a talented uh, team. It's a young team. I think they'll, they'll, they'll be more of a force in 2026 when it's in the homeland um, for them. But uh, yeah, Carter-Vickers uh, got a game, got to play in a World Cup. Not many players can say that, Paul, that they played at a World Cup um, finals. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be absolutely better for the whole experience. I think he did. Um, I think he's done great for Celtic. Um, you know, he's, he's arguably been one of their... They've had some tremendous signings of recruitment that have done so well. And the players have... You know, I could go through them, but, um, you know, probably bored of me going through them. But um, you look at Carter Vickers, he, he's been pivotal. He's been really, really pivotal. He's been Celtic's main centre-half. He goes and heads it. His decision-making is excellent. He can come out with the ball. What Ange wants, he wants his centre-halves to come out and 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 make the right decision, make the right pass. If you have to go back, you go back to your goalkeeper. 
But if there's somebody on in the middle of the park, if somebody's wide, a bard, a jotter, he just fizzes. And he, I like I like the way he passes it. He passes it with a bit of pace. And I know if it's played into you with a bit of pace, it's actually easier to control. So he's been excellent and thoroughly deserved his, um, his opportunity with his country at the World Cup. John, what were Hartson's hits and hints after the game at the weekend? Who stood out for you? We're obviously talking Callum McGregor. And the tenacity, the brilliance of the captain. Does he yeah, ever surprise you? It doesn't surprise me. L listen, when you score in the last five or six minutes, of course, but I, I think Celtic, they, they were just so dominant in the game. It would be almost an injustice if they hadn't have, hadn't have got the winner. But it took a great goal. You can just see that he's side on. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he drills it across the goalkeeper, no chance. And it, it, it was about two or three feet off the floor and it just didn't leave. Um, when it left his foot, you're almost thinking it was in and obviously the Celtic fans had travelled up there um, in their droves at the weekend and, and obviously they all went home very happy. But, you know, it just goes to show that you can't win every game three, four, five. Sometimes you've got to dig in, the opposition will make it difficult for you and you've just got to keep going. And I, I listened to Star, uh, Carl Starfeld speaking and he said, what we do is we stick to the process. He says, we don't lump it. We don't lose our way of what, what, what we are told on the training ground. We get it wide. We get it into midfield. And if there's an opening, we do our best to try and take that. So they don't change in terms of what the process is. It worked for them at the weekend. Um, and as I said, you know, it was a great win in the end because ultimately it's about winning games of football, isn't it? Unsung hero. James Forrest, you saw his skill yeah. and, and just the wisdom he's got now. Yeah, I like, I like James Forrest, yeah. Paul. Always have, he's been in the team since, what, 2010, 2009, so, you know, tw tw best part of 12 years. Um, one of the most decorated players in Celtic's history, I think as well, he became, did he go into the top three for assists um, on, on, on Saturday? Mm -hmm. uh, in the back of that, another, uh, you know, great one um, for him. I think now, you know, uh, he's behind Abada and Maida and Jota. You, you can see that. that. That's fair enough. I don't have a problem with that. That's probably right. But what you do know is, you'll not be one of those guys that'll be moaning about it or he'll be sulking in the training field because he's no starting games. You know, he's a good professional. He's a good teammate. He, even though he doesn't look it because he's still, you know, got those fantastic wee, you know, baby face looks of, of his. Um, but he'll be a great inspiration and help to Abada. I mean, you forget as well, Maida's only 24 or 25. You know, Abada's 20, um, you know, Jota's 23 or whatever he is. So, Forrest will be good for them. You know, and the thing about Ange Postecoglou is he won't have a moment's trouble. He's no high maintenance. And James Forrest, a really good guy to, to have about uh, to have about the building. And I'm sure, I don't know if he's, if there's anything official in place, but um, I, I think he'll be next in line to get a, a testimonial for Celtic too. And, uh, and it'll be well deserved for him. And John, the manager, explained why Maeda came off. Was it half time? Brought him off because just Aberdeen defending so deep that Maeda, his style is not yeah. to cut in, but to Abada provides no that. space in behind. Really, yeah. Maeda likes to run darting between the defenders and get in behind, but there was no space because Aberdeen defended so deep. And it was good, you know, it, James Forrest, for me, going back to what Mark, he's a Celtic legend. You know, who gets 100 goals and 100 assists? That's, that's numbers that, you know, not many people get to that level. Um, and there was a lot of Celtic players left last season, but it was interesting that Ange gave James, James a, a, new, a new contract. Yeah. 
He obviously saw a role for him uh, at the club. And, um, you know, he's coming into form. He's in his, you know, he's, how old is now, James? 30, 31? 31. Oh, he must be, must he's be got, he's got an yeah, awful lot of experience, be, um, and why why wouldn't Ange call on that experience? You know, that's exactly what he's doing. John, you had what 110 goals for Celtic. Yep. How many wow. assists did we record? Assists as much in those days as we do today, Mark. I'm looking at you. I don't think so. No, it wasn't as big a thing. I don't stats think so. As, as yeah. big. No. So you can make uh, it up, John. Just I say think, I think, so, I think assists though are as important as goals. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because listen, you, you you don't just. We're not all Ronaldo's where you pick the ball up on the half wheel and Ronaldo three or four years ago, by the way, or Messi, where yeah. you, can, you can get it on the half wheel and he can score. I, I was very reliant on my wingers. My, I was around Paul Lambert rolling it into me and Alan Thompson picking yeah. me out and these type of things, you know. How and many I, assists would you estimate you had during your time at Celtic? I'd, 50? I'd, I'd guess probably, probably about, I don't know, I wouldn't say as much as 50. No, I, I, was going, I was going to say about 60, John. Yeah. You think uh-huh. your knockdowns yeah. and your flicks and your chat, even shots that the keepers parried and Henrik's get in and just, you know, that kind of oh, way. There's plenty of that. Aye, exactly. So I'd have thought about 60. Possibly, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be absolutely guessing. Celtic against Livingston tomorrow night. Tonight, Aberdeen against Rangers. Let's hear a wee bit more from Michael Beale. We're waiting for, I think the teams will be in in the next five to ten minutes. As always, we'll bring it to you first. Here's what he was saying about Conor Golson and how they've missed him. Well, he's a strong voice as well. I think we all saw that in the season when there was no fans in the stadium. All you could hear was Conor moaning, but that's actually quite a good thing because he gives some personality to the team. Football teams now in general are quiet. Um, you know, he's someone that in probably the last 250 or 260 games for the club has nearly played 99% of them. So when you have a player so uh, consistent in terms of selection, when you lose him for four or five games, it does rock the squad, especially when the other centre-half has changed so much. The left-side centre-half has not been as consistent in the same time. So we're delighted to have him back in the squad. Whether him and Ben are able to go full tilt for 90 minutes, we'll have to see. And then we have the game on Friday coming thick and fast. But we think they are in tonight. He's been talking about the defence and what he's doing with it. We know he's had so many injuries. Yeah, any one of that five of Goldson, Davis, King, Suter, uh, Halanda would have helped. Obviously, Borna or Ridvan. The other day, we were playing two centre midfielders at centre-back and a young left-back making his league debut uh, at left-back, who's a right-back. So going into the game, you know, everyone's aware that that's not a Rangers back four, if you like, but those boys went out and played. What I would say is probably as the game went on, having centre midfielders at centre-back actually helped us in terms of our build-up and our speed of possession in the second half. So I was pleased with that. Uh, I'm happy to say that I will have centre-backs in the team tomorrow. And Leon King available tonight as well, after a niggle last weekend. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he signed a, a new contract as well um, last week, Paul, which was positive news. Um, for Rangers so yeah the more players that, that Michael Beale can get back uh, the better that's what he's saying he says you know in his time as assistant manager Stephen Gerrard he'd never had an injury list that he's inherited um, just now in his first couple of weeks in the job and you know he'll just hope that slowly but surely one by one he can get them back but what a great starting point for him if, if uh, Goldson and Davis can, can go and get a run together Rangers fans what are you thinking tonight 0808 17 17 700 you, lots of you on the socials as well at Go Football Show comments about the game tonight Michael Beale did clear up something yesterday John when he'd been uh, he'd, he'd mentioned the other team last week in uh, the media conference and this is what he had to say about his reference the other day I, I used the term other team listen you know I'm new back into the country lads I didn't get where I am being disrespectful to anybody I've got no 
I was asked a question, you're nine points behind, and my answer was, well, we have to win and the other team has to lose some. That wasn't in any way disrespectful. I want to cut that short where that is. I've got no issue with, with naming the other team's names, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, whoever it is. No way am I ever going to be disrespectful. Between now and the end of the season, we have to win every game, including three old firms, and pick up the goal difference to, to get in front. So we know it's a tough ask. So in that comment, that was a very innocent comment that's been taken too far. I have no, I'm, a, I'm a coach that respects to come back into this league because I enjoy it. I think there's very good managers in this league. I think, as I said, no one in this league gets to buy a ready-made player. Everybody, everybody in this league has to have a development plan. I think what Ange Postacoglu has done in his time is very impressive. Very clear about that, Mark. Yeah, yeah, you know, he, he, he cleared it up and made yeah. sure that, you know, he made the point of mentioning Celtic by name, mentioning Ange Postacoglu by name, mentioned the, the, the facts of where the title race yeah. stands us now, mentioned the facts that you know, his peers are, you know, sort, as I said last night, um, Paul, you know, um, he is a manager of Rangers, he's got a fantastic job, you know, you can see he's very, very lucky considering he's only managed maybe 25 senior games to, to get that, so, you know, good on him. Um, for being so impressive as a young man, 41, 42 years old. But, you know, he, you know, uh, you look round the, the SPFL Premiership and he's right, you know, a lot more experienced managers than him. Managers that have won things from, from Callum Davidson to Derek McInnes. You know, you know, so you look at those uh, guys that are around um, the league um, and you say, yeah, he's up with Jim Goodwin who's got probably 150 games to 200 games as a manager um, under his belt. Um, already so yeah um, but what he is he's got a massive job um, a very um, a great privilege to be a manager um, of Rangers but with that comes a huge weight of expectation and as he said he has inherited a job where his, at this moment in time his back's against the wall and he needs to find a way of overcoming in the next 18 months not this season but the next 18 months over a, a period of 38 league games overcoming a very, very strong Celtic team. After a short break, John, I want to ask you, because it's your first time back on goal since Qatar, what you make of the change at Rangers that came in while you were over there in the Middle East? GVB out, Michael Beale in. That's coming next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Paul Cooney with John Hartson and Mark Guidi just a couple of days after one of the great football games don't know if it was the best ever one of the best World Cup finals though probably since 1986 before our time um, but it was a terrific <laughs> performance Mbappe scoring a hat-trick Francis has been on saying to you John it wasn't a hat-trick but um, Henrik Larsson scoring a double in that European final that you helped to take Celtic there that must have been a heartbreak as well for Mbappe scores a hat-trick and misses out and Henrik must have felt well how did he feel after Seville scoring a double well only only he could tell you that um, but uh, I remember him scoring his 199th and 200th sadly goal that night and his leap his leap for one of the goals I think he might have been and the angle how he managed to get that goal it was incredible when you slow it down but Henrik, you know, he defied logic, didn't he? He could do he could do things that other players couldn't do. That's what made him so special. John, Mark, here's the Rangers team for tonight. I'll read it as it's come in. McGregor in goals, of course. Tavernier, Goldson, Sands, Devine, Kamara, Jack, Tillman, Fashion Sakala, Kent, and Morelos. 
Uh, on the bench, McLaughlin, Lundstrom. Lundstrom on the bench, Matondo, Wright, Davies. He's on the bench, McCann, Arfield, King and Lowry. Mark? Yeah, if you ship it up, Paul, in terms yep. of the, if you compare it to the starting 11 um, against Hibernian, um, from what I can see, one change, mm -hmm. and that is yep. Goldson in for Lundstrom. So if you ship it up, McGregor in goals, back four, Tavernier, Goldson, Sands, Young Divine at left back again. You're two holding mids, Kamara and Jack, and then it's Tailman, uh, Kent and Sakala uh, in behind Morelos. And as you say, strong bench for Rangers, John Lundstrom, Rabbi Matondo, Scott Arfield um, and Ben Davis um, mm. on the bench. So it's a, it's a strong starting 11 and just a one change from the team that beat Hibs 3-2. Rangers going for it, you would say. I'll give you the Aberdeen yeah. lineup. Roos, Kel Roos, who played well at the weekend. McCrory, the ex-Rangers man. Scales of Celtic, of course, on loan. Stewart and Barron, Majowski and Duke, Ramadani, Clarkson, Coulson and Richardson. Obviously, this is not how they will line up on the bench. Mm. Lewis, Mackenzie, Morris, Bejuan, Watkins, Hayes, Duncan, Milne and Ramirez. Yeah, the, I mean, the, yeah. Main, the main two for Aberdeen, Paul, in terms of middle to front, they've got the potential to cause Rangers problems. And Majowski and Duke. Mm -hmm. You know, Duke yep. and, and Majowski have got a bit about them. They know their way to go. Good... Good tricks, you know. Um, so, you know, if Aberdeen are going to get any joy tonight and uh, in terms of scoring goals, then I would imagine Miofsky and Duke will be at the heart of it. John, what are you thinking? Rangers, very attack-minded side there. Going for yeah. it. I'm not surprised there's, there's only one change from the Hibs win. Uh, I like that. You know, if you've just won and you've played well, then, you, you know, you wouldn't expect to come out of the team. Um at this moment in time, Morelos got his goal. He, he, you know, he would take a bit of momentum from that. A bit How of did confidence. he look to you, John? I thought he looked all right. Yeah, I think uh, it's like everything else, Paul. You, you can't get fit when you're sitting on the bench getting 15. You know, and Cholak's been the main man. He was GVB's main man, wasn't he? Yeah. And I thought um, Morelos's ego was 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 way out of uh, you know way out of. He couldn't handle that, Morelos, obviously, and that and that sometimes can throw you off as a player. Now. Under um, <clears throat> under Michael Beale, he seems to be he's starting, so he's got the shirt. All he can do is score goals and not play well and help build up the play. And with the likes of Tillman, who I thought was was really good against Hibs, and Kent, you know he's relying on these guys to go and make him chances. But Aberdeen tonight, those players will have a license to to go and take the shackles off from the weekend. Now, I know as Rangers, you have to show them a bit of respect. You can't go gung-ho and throw bodies forward and leave gaps at the back for Rangers to counter against you. But they have to be better than what they were at the weekend against Celtic. And I believe they will because they'll have more freedom from the manager. They've got to go and attack more. Lindstrom on the benchmark, what's your thoughts? He's been... The form's been up and down. Yeah, I mean, season. it's funny that... Um, because you think it was Stephen Gerrard that, that signed uh, John Lundstrom, a big signs, big wages, ball accounts. Um, but he never, he never got going under Stephen Gerrard and, and Michael Beale. It was only when Giovanni Van Bronckhurst in that, that uh, for whatever reason, uh, it might have just been by accident, but who knows. But anyway, Lundstrom really kicked on and, and looked the part. He was a big part of the, the, the success that Rangers had last season in terms of getting the Europa League final and winning uh, the Scottish Cup. This season, under Van Bronckhurst before he lost his job. He, he didn't hit the heights again, as has been the case with a lot of Rangers players. But you just wonder if if, if Beale still sees the John Lundstrom 
that he worked with in that first three months where he couldn't get going because um, he's gone for Jack and he's gone for Kamara guys that he worked with a lot and really liked and got a lot out of uh, and then quite rightly um, he's gone with Goldson mm-hmm. and, and, and he's preferred Sands um, to to Lundstrom in terms of being, being a partner so um, look I'm, I'm sh- Lundstrom will have a big part to play for Rangers um, this season but he's maybe just got to start re-finding uh, the form that he had uh, under Van Bronckhurst from uh, January to May Mark just mentioned that um, on big wages Lundstrom that's because he came on a free yeah. you know he came on freedom of contract from uh, from Sheffield United mm-hmm. So that's when whatever he is in the market, what Rangers played three million, four million, whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. they're almost getting the player for nothing. So that's why sure. then, and that's again the situation that Rangers have with Kent and Morelos in their own ranks. You know, what type of deals will other clubs come in and maybe offer them big wages if they were to move on, you know? John, Mark, what's your scoreline tonight, John? What do you reckon? I, I think Rangers will have a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think uh, it's not easy just to turn it around, like I've been saying all night for Aberdeen. Um, but I think Rangers, I, th- I think Rangers will win the game. I'm going to say two nil. Two nil. Fashion Sakala. What did you think of him last week? And he got his goal against Hibs, John. Fashion Sakala. Yeah, I think he's strong. He's a good runner. He gets in behind. Um, he, you know, he plays on that right hand side. He can also, he's capable of scoring a goal. But so with him and Kent either side of Morelos, there's. There's plenty of firepower there for sure, and then you've got the likes of um, Tillman, of mm-hmm. course, who's very, very clever. He's, he's a really good footballer. You, you don't come from Bayern Munich if you're not. You know, it's consistency, Mark, isn't it, about Tillman that the Rangers fans are craving? Yeah, I, I, I think he's got it, Paul. I really liked him from very uh, early on. He caught my eye. Um, I know again, it's, it's a different uh, coach now and, and backroom staff, but Giovanni Van Brockhorst and his coaches raved about Tillman's quality. Um, you know, maybe just needs to get more up to speed, a wee bit more kind of aggression, and, and, and maybe needs to look as if he's more interested, if that makes sense. But in terms of his his ability, um, you know, he's, he's got fantastic ability. He's on the books at Bayern Munich. There's a set fee there if Rangers uh, want to go and make the deal um, permanent, so they know what they need to do if they want to go and get him. And um, I think it'd be a really good investment, uh, Tillman. You know, I, I think, think Michael Beale be... actually said when he first came, yeah. was he one of the players that he said they would be looking to keep? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fancies I thought, thought I heard that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Depending what the money is, of course, as it's yeah. always the case for mm. well, any football club, especially here in Scotland. John, I want to ask you about Michael Beale's appointment after we hear from the manager for the last time before the match tonight, speaking about the challenge against Aberdeen. I'm unsure, to be honest. You know, you try to prepare your team for everything. I watched the game. I thought both Aberdeen and Celtic played in a, in a, in a good game. I thought you saw all the, the, the sort of patience and the work that Ange has been doing with Celtic in the last year in terms of how they played the game and how they were patient. And I thought you saw an Aberdeen team that had a game plan and were close to executing it. There was a few close moments in the game where they were lucky not to concede. It's whether Jim thinks that's the way to go against us. I was at the game at Ibrox, what, six, seven weeks ago. Um, And obviously we played very well in that game. And uh, so you're unsure, you just prepare your team for everything you can. I've been up there and had some feisty encounters in the past, but it's... uh, it's two new managers in that. Obviously, that was Stephen and Derek, and, and they were fantastic games. I thought they were everything that was good about Scottish football. So I'm enjoying enjoying going up there, or I will enjoy going up there, because I think it's a good game. And John, you expect Rangers to win tonight. Mm. What did you think of the Michael Beale appointment when you heard when you were in the Middle East? Well, 
I think I think he's got real love for the club. I think that when the time he spent here coaching um, a real trusted ally to Gerard, uh, to Stephen Gerrard, sorry. Um, and I think he uh, he jumped at the opportunity to come back. I think he followed Stephen to um, to Villa. Yeah. And then obviously he wanted to have a little go on his own to see how he would get on. Went to QPR um, and did very well initially. Got them up the league. I think his last four or five games, I think he lost three out of the four, whatever it was. Um, but as soon as Rangers come in, I think he said that he was committed to QPR. But sometimes a situation comes along and it's just too big. It's just too big to turn down. And I think that's how we've seen it. So I think he would be delighted to be back at Rangers somewhere where he's had a little bit of success. What's a success for him, would you say, John, in this first season? I don't expect Rangers to win the league. I don't expect him to claw the nine-point gap. I think he's got a build on his squad. Um, I think he's got a few issues there with injuries and players out of contract, Ryan Jack, um, we know Kent and Morelos. That is a big problem for them to deal with that. Um, and listen, if he can go and win a cup, then then obviously um, that 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 would probably be satisfactory. But I I just don't see them winning the league because you know I just think that Mark's already said it tonight that I just think that Celtic are you know they're, they're just so far ahead in terms of the way they play football, the goals, the, the style they've got. And it's a big, big challenge for, uh, for for Michael Beale to come in. You know, he said himself he needs to win every game. He needs to win every game now. Mark, your scoreline tonight? Aberdeen, nil, Rangers one. And your scorer? James Tavernier. Right, James Tavernier. Is that a penalty? Mm. Yeah, maybe not. In open play. something. Free yeah. kick yeah. or yeah. score. Or whatever. Yeah. And tomorrow night, Mark, what do you reckon? Celtic against Livingston? Uh, Celtic, 2-0. John, does it matter that Livingston haven't played for, you know, five or six weeks, Celtic on fire? Is what do you think tomorrow? Maybe Martindale will get Livingston up for the game. Yeah. He always does. Um, they'll be physically uh, very well equipped. You know, Nubile up front, the striker. Um, I, I can see Celtic win again. I, I very seldom see anybody beating Celtic at Celtic Park when they play like they can. And do you think for Rangers, Barisic might come back the player he was until just about a year ago, given that he I only played one game, but he did play, and there's that euphoria around the Croatian team coming third. Yeah, I've, I've always liked Barisic. So a couple of years ago, they tried to sell him, didn't they? Yeah. He was almost doing a lap of honour at one stage. I think he was away. Um, but then, I don't know, he's obviously got himself back in the Rangers team. I like him. I think when he gets forward, he's got tremendous delivery from the left-hand side. And when you think about Tavernier on the right as well, so they've got two players there, you know, two full backs, if you like, that when they both get forward, they, they can, they still have amazing delivery into the box. And that is really important. Your delivery as a full back is a huge part of your game. It's going to be some week, isn't it? Celtic start the night. You mentioned the goal difference between the big two. It's 17 goals at the moment. Celtic on 45 points after 16 games, Rangers on 36, Celtic 38 goals. Uh, Rangers on 21. Then come Aberdeen on 25. Hearts on 24 along with St. Johnson. Livingston 23. St. Mirren 21. Hibs on 20. Motherwell on 17. Ross County 15 along with Kilmarnock. And Dundee United 
on 12. One of our listeners, Jackie Bird, is listening. There's a big show on BBC One tonight, Scotland's People. Yeah. Some great people. I've been lucky yeah. enough to meet one of them, Sandra McCandy. Watch the show tonight, as well as enjoying the football and listening to Joe Colday. Some really special people on it. Annie Lennox is on as well, Tom Walker. It's a great programme tonight, BBC One. So tomorrow morning when you wake up, I know Crofty and Grado will be on. The countdown to Christmas is there. John, great to have you back from the Thanks, World Paul. Cup. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. again, as always. Thank you. Mark, thanks so much. We'll see you Friday. Pleasure, Paul. That's it. Jokal Day is up next after the news. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistleberry Road, Hamilton.